We've, as my wife said earlier, we've been all summer long, except for the month of July, we have been on our summer faith series. And um, today I'm gonna, um, I'm going to do just a review um, of a number of what of uh, those messages that we've shared. Um, you know, all through every message that that we preach, um, all through the Word of God, there is the encouragement about really doing three things. Number one, that you learn to hear the Word. You know, the world, the world itself understands hearing. Because we're, we're, a, we're an information society. I mean, and there's information highways going in every direction. And the world knows about hearing. If you want to be educated, you have to hear. You have to listen to people. You have to listen to truths. But then you have to do something with the truth. And the world understands that. I'm telling you, I mean, most of you in things that you do in the system out there, you understand the importance of paying attention and listening. If you work for somebody, or if you're the head over other people, in both situations, we understand it's important for us to listen, and we want others that are under us to pay attention to what we're trying to get across. Is that not true? So, so the world understands that. So the world, the world our society understands the, important, the importance of listening, but then doing something with what we hear. And not the opposite of what we've been asked to do. But a lot of times, a lot of times we hear things and then we choose to do the opposite because we don't like what we hear. And I'll just tell you the truth. The truth is this. That in the kingdom of God, we all at times do the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I know what Pastor said. I heard what, he, I heard what that message said. Yeah, I know what that guy said on this on this message or whatever, something else that you've heard. Yeah, I know what they said, but. And we got to get the but out of the way. Amen? We got to get those things out of the way and learn to embrace what we hear and realize how important it is to hear. So all summer long, we, we've talked about that, not only in the, in the faith series, but in, in the other messages. We talk about hearing the Word, meditating the Word, and being a doer of the Word. You hear that all the time. So when we're talking about the Word, we're talking about God's words. About hearing something specific preached and then doing something with it. Now how many know that sometimes you can hear a word and sometimes a word can mean a lot to you or at times you think it doesn't mean so much for you, that word. But there may be others that it really is impacting when it's something that wasn't necessarily 100% for you, but there's not any word from God's Word that is ever preached, ever, that is not for everybody at one level or another. And sometimes you can hear something that you, that you think to yourself, ah, that really didn't, that didn't kind of touch me. But if you receive it, God will do something with it because it's not the message that you hear that liberates and changes your life. It's not that message that changes you. 
It's what you do with the message you hear. Because when you do something with it, it begins to transform the inside because the Father begins to speak to you through the Holy Spirit and speak to your spirit and bring revelation and understanding to your life. Amen? And that's what God wants. He wants you and I to understand what He wants for our life, then we can do what He says. God wants you and I obeying every single thing He tells us to do. So we have to practice that. We have to develop that. It has to become a part of our life. So today, I'm just going to, I'm going to, Paul made this statement. He said, as long as I'm in this earthly body, I'm going to stir you up in remembrance of the things that you think you know. Throughout the years, all the years that I've pastored, because of what I believe that we have been called to bring to the body of Christ and to bring a message of faith in God. We, 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 we've been called from day one that we've pastored here to teach people how to live by faith and trust and reliance on God and learn to hear His voice and do the things that He says. And because of that, sometimes, you know, a, a, a person can hear something but they really didn't hear it, and then, and then later on when they hear it again, it's like it changes and transforms their life. So the word comes line upon line and precept upon precept. You get a little here, a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And the more we get, the more we're transformed and the more we position ourselves to receive. So today, in, in what I'm going to share, I'm going to share just little pieces of four different messages that I preached this summer on faith, and you may think you heard what I said, but I promise you, you won't, you, you won't have heard it like you need to hear it today. Say it with me. I receive everything I hear today in Jesus' name. Amen. And what does that mean? That means you receive it, but you're going to go spend time meditating and understanding it and, and hearing what God has to say specifically for you. And if you'll do that, it transforms you. Amen. Um, so the first, the first one, the first message that I, I want to look at um, is what we t- taught in, uh, on Father's Day. Faith in the Father. Um, and just a couple of the passages that we talked about that day in Mark 11... And verse 22, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. And what I'm saying today is, Have faith in God the Father. Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God the Father and who He is. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 12. He said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because He counted me faithful. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? 2 Timothy. It's not the right verse. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12. 
He said, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, Paul said, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. He said, for I know whom I have believed. I know in who I have believed, and there's no question about who I believe. Um, you can believe in the Bible. We, we know the devil believes the Bible. He believes the Word of God. You can believe in the Word of God, or you can believe in the Bible, but not really know or have a relationship with the Father. You can believe what the Bible says and not have a relationship with the Father. And Paul said here, I know in whom I have believed. Not just knowing in what I believe. A lot of people believe a lot of things. A lot of people have, quote, faith in the Bible and they're incorrect in what they supposedly believe. You can have faith in a specific thing and not have a relationship with the originator of where that came from. God wants you and I having faith and confidence in God the Father. Jesus said, have faith in God, have faith in God the Father. And the verses after that in Mark 11, the verses following that, begin to describe what you can have and accomplish when you have faith and confidence in God the Father. That's who, we, that's who we need to know and who we, our relationship has to be connected with. John 5 and verse 30. And this is Jesus. I can do nothing. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. He said, of myself, I can do nothing. We just, you know, day by day, we have to, that, that, there's, a, there's, an, a, there's a liberating revelation in that, that of myself, I can absolutely do nothing. When you come to that place, you come to the place where Jesus was. Remember, he said it. Of myself, I can do nothing. Well, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to not have confidence in myself. Well, we want to have confidence on ourselves as a result of the confidence that we have in God Almighty. You see, there's a difference. You can have faith and confidence in yourself and leave God to the side and get no instruction or information from Him to help you accomplish what you were created to do, what you are put here to do and accomplish. So read that. Let's look at that verse again in verse 30. I can of myself do nothing, but as I hear... Everybody say hear. So we're to hear, we're to meditate, and we're to do. And that's what Jesus was doing. As I hear, I what? I judge it. So he hears. What, 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 what does he have to judge? If he's hearing God, what does he have to judge? Well, there was different voices. Remember, Jesus was all man like you and I. He had the disruptions that you and I have with other voices, so he had to judge the voices. He had to know what was God so that it continued to build and strengthen and give him what he needed to accomplish what he was put on the earth to accomplish. And what was he sent here to do? To liberate all of mankind. All of humanity, bringing humanity back to the place 
back to the place that they were intended to be with God when they were in the Garden of Eden. That's what his whole calling was. He had, he could of himself do nothing. So it, it, didn't, it didn't matter whether he was doing what other people thought he could do or should do. What he needed to be doing was what Father said do, right? He can do nothing of himself, but what he hears he judges. And notice the rest of what he said. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Something liberating about that, to have faith in God the Father that way. Where I'm, I'm not doing my will, but I'm doing His will, and I've worked it out and learned what that really looks like. Can you say amen? Second thing that we looked at, uh, that I want to look at, uh, second message I want to look at that we shared was faith to forgive. And in the the Mark um, 11, where we were a minute ago in verse 22, I want to just read, start with verse 23. So when you have faith in God, then what I believe begins to happen in your life is that you have faith to forgive. And he said in verse 23, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have everything he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your father, that your father... Forgive him that your father, he said, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. What God set up in, in, in our life, what he set up was that if you didn't forgive then you wouldn't be forgiven. That's what he's saying right here. What he's saying is, if you don't live your life to forgive, if you don't practice forgiveness, if you don't learn to forgive when someone else has done you wrong, if you don't develop that in your life, then you'll never live forgiven yourself. See, because, because what the Father has done for us through Jesus Christ, He did one time for all men. All men on planet earth have been forgiven already. This scripture is not saying that God just sits there and waits for you to forgive and then he's going to... No, he's already forgiven you. You're already forgiven. What he's saying is, if you don't practice forgiveness, you're going to live condemned. That's what he's saying. And what we have to do is, when we develop a relationship with the Father, the Father begins to teach us in unforgiving situations how to forgive in the moment he empowers us to do that in the moment that's what's liberating see because i've been talking to you all year long that first and foremost before you can love god with all your heart you have to love yourself but you will never love yourself if you don't learn to forgive yourself i say that over myself every morning whether i need to or not i declare every day i forgive myself I am forgiven by God. I forgive myself. I don't hold anything against myself. I'm liberated and free to go do what's right every single day. And if there's somebody that needs to be forgiven, I need to forgive somebody. And I need to look 
past a situation or whatever it is, I'm going to do it because of my relationship with the Father. When you have faith in the Father, Jesus said, have faith in God the Father. And when you have faith in God the Father, then you'll have faith to forgive. Glory to God. Can you say amen? This was Jesus, Luke. This was Jesus on the cross, Luke 23 and verse 34. We, we looked at this in, in, when we shared a couple of these messages on having faith to forgive. Verse 34 says, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they do. Jesus was asking the Father to forgive the whole nation of Israel. Forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing. Now, in the natural, they knew exactly what they were following through with, but they didn't realize the consequences of what they were doing. They didn't realize the attitude and the things that were in their heart. They didn't realize the unforgiveness that they were holding and the the anger and the hatred that they had towards a human being created in the image of God. They didn't realize what the condition of their heart was. And that's what you and I have to understand. Forgive them. You know, forgiveness can in no way be conditional, ever. I mean, there's so many people in my life that I have, by faith, forgiven that I didn't want to forgive. I didn't want to have a right attitude towards them. I didn't want to, you know, do something nice that, the, that, the, that remember, when, you have, when you're developing a relationship with the Father... And he's commissioning you to forgive. He's going to tell you at times to do some things that in the natural you don't want to do. And I can't tell you countless numbers of times when God's required something out of me because of what I was working on. It, it wasn't that necessarily that that person needed a gift or that, need, that person needed a kind word or that person needed for me to write them a letter and tell them I ask you to forgive me when they needed to be writing the letter. The Bible says the way you want to be treated, you take the first step and treat people that way. What I'm talking to you today is liberating and free. And I promise you, the devil, who's the God of the world, is not encouraging people to do what I'm telling you today. This is is revelation from the Bible. This is about faith to forgive as a result of faith that we have in God the Father. Father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. God wants you and I to live and operate the exact same way. Father, you know what? I ask you to forgive them. They don't don't really know what they did. They don't really know what they said. Just forgive them. And when you do it, it liberates you. And what what it does is it gets you, your eyes and your attention off of the offense. When somebody does something to you, it's an offense that's created. And you allow, you receive that offense by getting involved in it, man, it'll cut you off from the power and the things of God so quickly. It's like, because now you're in fear, now you're in intimidation, now you're in trying to justify your position and your place and all those kind of things. That's one of the worst places you can be. One of the worst places that you and I can be. Um.
I like this verse in Ephesians 4. Look at this real quick. And then I'll go on to this, the third one. Ephesians chapter 4. And actually, look at verse 25. Let's just read this real quick. He said, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give the place to the devil. Let him who steals steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Look at verse 32. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. He said, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. In other words, being, be actively doing that because um, there's a great level of maturity. I wrote this down. There's a great level of maturity that creates the greatest level of forgiveness. So all the things he's talking about before this verse 32 are things that we have to deal with in life. Don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by letting things come out of your mouth against somebody that was created in the image of God. Every time you talk negative about a human being that was created in the image of God, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Because our words in our mouth were not created to put ugliness on each other, but, but to do what? What is verse 32 said? But be kind to one another. Listen, he didn't say be kind just to kind people. Because most of us can only think of kind people on one hand. And there's hundreds of more people in your world every day. Or, or at least more than five. And if you're just kind to kind people, then you, then you just gravitate towards them. And, and then, you know, it, like, you, you, like signing up for connect groups. Well, who's in there? Well, no, I don't want that one. No, no, it's because, 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 no, no. You need to go to the one that your heart is challenged in. You know what? I need to be a part of that. I need to make a difference. You know what? I've kind of had an attitude toward that person, and I need to forgive them. That's what he said to actively do. See? Because when you're actively doing that, it actively is developing maturity that causes you to go to a level where you begin to see things happen. See, see let, let's just say... I'm just, you know, there's probably, probably nobody feels that way in the body, I'm sure. But uh, let's just say you had a situation like that. And you go to a connect group and there's somebody that's kind of rubbed you wrong or they said something to you or they, what, something like that happened. And so you pray and, and see you're developing a relationship with the Father and Father through the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you. I, I want you to not just go to the connect group, but then I want you to call that person and go have coffee with them. Or go do something with them. What could, listen, this hasn't just happened to me one time. It's happened to me, I, I can't, I can't, I've lost count of how many times this has happened. When I put my faith and took a step towards somebody in a situation like that, 
where nine times out of ten, when I, when I bless them, the wall dropped, it opened up opportunity to not only speak into their lives, but in two or three people, I've just come to my mind right now, people that I prayed for and they were healed. What if their healing was connected to their attitude towards you because you had attitude? Because the reason so many people go to the grave with sicknesses and disease, sickness and disease, it's, it is nine times out of ten tied to the attitude and the condition of their heart where there's unforgiveness, there's hatred, there's bitterness, things they hold on to, and it creates cancers and heart failures and all those kind of things. But see, the Bible gives us the remedy for that, and the remedy is start taking the medicine of the Word and applying it and doing everything He tells you to do. When you develop a relationship with the Father, and you have faith in the Father, then you have faith to forgive. Can you say amen to that? And that great position of maturity puts you in a great position of receiving. Because when you're forgiving, you're receiving. I promise you. You're in a position of receiving when you're actively living your life to forgive. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mm. Glory to God. Amen? Then the third one, my wife mentioned it earlier, was faith is trust. True faith is trust. And I, and I love this verse. We read this in the whole message that we preached on this. You can go back and listen to any of these messages you can download them for free or listen, and to, listen to them on our podcast, gatesofthecity.org. But one of the verses we read out of Proverbs chapter 3, I just want to look at that for just a second. <clears throat> and we, and we, we shared this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. When you, have, when you have faith in God the Father and you have faith to actively forgive, you're in an active position of forgiving, then trust in your heart and trusting God is something that becomes a way of life. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding because your understanding will convince you that trusting God or try to convince you that trusting God and believing having faith in God will not produce for you. Actually, it's made me weak or it's, you know, it's made me vulnerable to other people and letting people take advantage of my life. Nobody can take advantage of you if you're trusting God. I promise you. Nobody can. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Well, we acknowledge Him when we acknowledge what He's telling us to do. There's there's a lot of people that I know. I have a relative, kind of a distant relative that um, he's very threatened 
by the fact that he would, for, for him to walk in the kingdom and live in the kingdom of God the way that we talk about, he's very threatened by that because he would have to submit his whole life and direction to what God would say. And he's, so, he, he's afraid of that. Why is he afraid of it? Because he's been the one in control all of his life. All of us have. Until you learn to trust God with all your heart, you're the one in control. You're making the decisions, and I promise you, your decisions aren't producing what could be produced in your life if God was the one giving you the things to make the decisions with. He's giving you the information, then we make the decisions based on his will. But this family member of mine is very threatened by that and very afraid to step into the kingdom. And so God's been giving me some wisdom about how to plant seeds regarding this that have really opened the door for him. And over the last couple of years, his, his, his whole life has really begun to open and turn toward the things of God. But, but God gave me the wisdom about how to help him get past the fear of that. See, because when you've done it all on your own all your life, why would, you, why would you give something over to, to somebody you can't even see, you can't even hear necessarily, I mean, unless he, he, he chooses to do it. It's not his way of communication for us to hear him with our natural ears or with audible voices. Why would you go and trust somebody that you can't even see? Very threatening, but you know what? It's real, and you've got to help people like that. You can't force revelation that you have on people that have absolutely none. You have to teach them. You have have to hear from God about how to help people get to that place where they can learn to trust in a God that will, you know, and and this family member is very successful in the natural. I mean, he's, he's, he's a multimillionaire in the natural realm, and so why would he submit things to a God that he can't see when he's done okay himself? But you know what? You know why he's seeking God now? Because it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how many businesses you have. It doesn't matter how much stuff you own. He, own, he owns all kinds of stuff and things. and all those. It doesn't matter how much of that that you own and is, it, it, you, you have in your possession. Inside of him is still this big hole. That hole is in everybody that's never been born again and has never learned. You can be born again and still have the hole's not as big, but it's still a hole because you're not trusting the creator that made you and you're not following his blueprint and his plan. You see? And so to trust God with all your heart, mind, and soul comes from a relationship with the Father and practicing forgiveness. Actually, practicing forgiveness is one of the things that, as I've led people, different people to the Lord in the last few years, that's where my first direction is with people, is to help them learning to forgive after they get born again. Because when they start practicing that and you begin to give them information and their eyes are opened and they're enlightened and they can understand that, it it, it liberates and changes their lives. And so I encourage you today, if you've been born again for a short period of time or a long period of time, keep practicing forgiveness so that you can live in that life of trusting God with all of your heart and not be afraid of anything that's coming. Because no matter what's coming, he's already there and he already has the answers and he's already provided for you. It's all done. If we learn to trust it, glory to God. Can you say amen? Look at this verse. You need to write this verse down or type it into your phone and add this to your confessional every day of your life. You need to write this baby down. 
Psalm 31 and verse 14. But as for me, I trust the Lord. As for me, I trust you, O Lord. And what's the last part of that? I say, you are my God. You're my Father. Father God is not just God. He's my Daddy. He's my Father. You're my Father. As for me, I trust you. You are my Father. That needs to be, you need to take that verse of Scripture and work it into your confessional every day in the way that it needs to apply to you. As for me, I trust God the Father. Amen? No matter what anything else looks like. And number four, we talked about faith is rest. You know, I said this during this message right here that when you walk by faith, faith awakens your opposition. How many times I've heard through the years, people say, you know, Pastor, things didn't begin to happen to me like this until I got born again and started coming to church. Yeah. Faith in God, it it awakens your opposition. And we have to learn to live our life opposed, realizing that people, Jesus said, if you love me, the world will hate you. And not just, not just the world of unsaved people, but the church will hate you if you live by faith. Because you're going to do things that go different and contrary to the regular flow. But we can't live our lives as victims as a result of being opposed. Jesus was never the victim. Nobody's been opposed like Jesus. But he was never the victim. He never talked the amazing thing in the Gospels, which is about 99% of, of everything that Jesus said, and it's, it's recorded, but he never talked, other than talking to the people that were his opposition, he never talked about the opposition to other people. So he lived his life opposed, and he knew Because the Holy Spirit showed him that along the way because of different things he said. But he was never the victim. And you and I cannot be the victim of our opposition. If you're going to live for God, you're going to be opposed. People are not going to lie. About half the people are going to love you and the other half are going to hate you. But like one of my close friends say, it's better to be feared than loved. Meditate on that one. Matthew 11, and I'm going to end with this. Well, I'm going to end with this passage and another. Talking about faith is rest. And this is what Jesus said, Matthew 11 and verse 28. Matthew 11 and 28. You have that? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for what? Your souls. Verse 30. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, take it, take what I'm doing in your life, take that on you, what I'm trying to get over to you, and learn from me, and if you'll learn from me, you'll find rest for your soul. You need to add to your confessional every day that you are commanding your soul to be at rest. You need to command your mind to rest. And you need to speak things over yourself that back that up. Because that's what he did, and if we'll do what he did the way he did it, and we'll learn from him, he'll bring rest to our soul where we're not trying to fight all the time to work this thing out and make this thing out, rah, rah, and, and frustrate it. And you know what? When your, soul is, when your soul is stirred up and not at rest, I can assure you, you're not a lot of good for anybody. I'm not saying you're not good for anybody. I'm saying your life in God to other people it's you're not good for people because your reactions are wrong you speak off the top of your head because your soul is so stirred up you can't hear the voice of God you can't hear your human spirit that that the father speaking to the holy spirit to speak to your spirit to speak to your soul you're listening to your unrenewed mind and your stirred up soul as a result of circumstances and things that are going on and you're worked up and you're not being effective. But he said, if you'll learn from me and the way I do things, then it will produce rest in your soul. And I I can truly testify to you today that in some time periods in the past in my life where things were really difficult, actually, there were some things that, that my wife and I walked through that were more difficult than I thought I would ever walk through anything. I'm talking about mentally. And my soul a lot of times was stirred up. And God demanded out of me, you don't get your soul in line, you'll never get out of this situation. And on that journey, as I got my soul in line, how I got my soul in line was reading the Gospels and seeing how Jesus did it. I mean, this man was full of some stressful, overwhelming situations that would overcome any human being more than anybody ever walked in. And he walked in that as a mere man, a human being just like you and I, baptized in the Holy Ghost, the power of God on the inside of him. And he said, that's why he said time and time again in so many different passages, I don't do anything except what I hear from my Father. I do nothing of myself. Of myself, I can do nothing effective. What he said, I trust in God with all my heart. I don't lean to my understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge Him. He directs my path. Things get worked out. When I have faith in the Father, then I have faith to forgive. And when I have faith to forgive, I trust. And when trust is developed in my heart, my soul rests. Things you can say over yourself every day, I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God, and I only do what the Father says. 
Amen? Things like that you need to constantly remind yourself of because of the opportunity to be stirred up is all the time. I mean, it's all the time. You can be stirred up about something every minute of every day. But I have the mind of Christ. If Jesus can do it, I can do it because He did it for me. Can you say amen? amen. Hebrews 4, and I'll end with this. Hebrews 4 and 2. <clears throat> For indeed, and this is this is talking about this is the writer here talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness and what they didn't do to enter into the rest of God and what we need to do today. Just, just the comparison. Just a couple of verses that, that line this out. Um, verse 2, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as, as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith. That's why we teach faith. Watch this not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter the rest, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. That place of rest is already finished. It's already there for you and I. Look at verse 7. And again, he designates a certain day saying, in David today, after such a long time as it has been said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, those that went into the promised land, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. What's that, what's that other day? Today! If Joshua had led him into the ultimate rest, then there wouldn't have been a need for what Jesus accomplished. But what he accomplished was a place of rest. And look at verse 10. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Can you say amen? So, when you have faith in the Father, you have faith to forgive, and when you're walking in forgiveness, you're living in a place of trust. And when you trust Him, you rest in Him. And I said that was the last passage I was going to read, but I want to read the six verses of Psalm 23 to you. Because I believe you can see all of these four points that I've made today from these four messages. Faith in the Father. Faith to forgive. Faith to trust and faith, or, or, or uh, faith is trust and, and faith to, have, to live in that place of rest. You can see all those in Psalm 23. For the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He's my father. I'll never want for anything. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still and quiet waters and he restores my soul. I'm in that place of rest and in, in the still waters, a place of rest, in the green pastures, just laying and resting in the confidence of how great God is. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. 
For you're with me, Lord, your rod and your staff or your spirit, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will trust God with all my heart. I'll not lean to my understanding. In all my ways, I'll acknowledge Him, and He'll direct my path forever and ever and ever, and nothing shall by any means overcome me. Why? Because how can you be overcome when you're on top? When there is no greater top than Him, and that's this is where He is, and here I am. How can you be overcome? There's no room. We're one. Right? You can be overcome by nothing. Not anything. And I declare today that the words that I've spoken to you regarding faith in the Father, having faith to forgive because of your relationship with the Father, having understanding that faith is true trust. And when you trust God, you rest in Him. Goodness. Listen to me, this isn't just a message. I'm telling you today, this is attainable every day in your life. Close your eyes just for a moment. Extend your hand towards me and receive what I'm saying today. Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that each and every one of these at the sound of my voice that heard this word are in a position of maturity to receive from you because they're receiving this word today and now they're positioning themselves to live and to operate in that place of rest and assurance and trust actively forgiving because of their intimate and whole relationship that they have with you i thank you father it's getting stronger every day that they're becoming more spirit conscious and aware of how great and how powerful that you are instead of circumstances and i thank you father that today is the first day of the rest of their life to live in a place of victory and overcoming like they've never known before. Father, we honor you, we bless you this, this day, and we give you all the praise. And everybody said, amen and amen. Glory to God.